following podcast contains strong language and explicit content. And if that offends you, then I suggest you switch this off. This is a Podcast Now production. It depends who you're asking. Some women aren't up for it. And we're also <laughs> not judging. Whether you want to look on our soul or not, we stand by you shoulder to shoulder, sister listener. Welcome to Love Bites, a podcast about all the things you were told you couldn't talk about. Like, did you know, and this is relating to our topic that we're going to talk about, which is women in business, 47% of women started a business in the last year compared to only 44% of men. And more than 9 million people are employed by women-owned companies. Isn't that love it? Um, And then this is a US stat, which obviously is not our territory, but... Women own 12.3 million businesses in the US. Amazing. Do you know what? I feel like the great resignation of 2020, like it completely transformed both of our lives. Oh my God. Like I look back on that time that we, how miserable we were and also how miserable like everyone we were basically working with was compared to where we are now like don't get me wrong I mean we'll we'll come on to it but like the struggle is real like a lot but still that I'm also I was thinking about this today because I was I had a meeting with um with my friend who we're hopefully going to work with and she was saying that like they don't get to work from home and they're like almost guilt tripped into working on a Friday and my boyfriend works like in the office every single day is in at 8am and I'm like I literally can't imagine going into the office every day now it's just such an outdated model. Like I went home today uh, after my meeting because um, I wanted to pick up some stuff from home and do bits and bobs. Then I got on a call at five. So I left the office at like 3.30. Mm-hmm. I have not stayed in the office till 6 p.m. for I don't even know how long. Do you remember but we stayed in the office till 6 p.m. every single day? Let's not be smug, Fiona, because before you you know started your own business we did work in the office until six and seven and worked through the night and got stressed out left right and sent you know center so we've been there and i feel like we both have a lot to say on this matter we love to hear from you we love it when you write to us and you know where to find us on instagram love bites podcast underscore this topic fiona i feel we, we talk about a lot. We talk about everything from squirting to <laughs> anal to threesomes to cheating to emotional affairs, uh, affairs of the heart and the vagina. We talk about everything. But I feel like they, they might not truly resonate with all of our listeners. But I feel today what we are going to talk about will resonate with the absolute vast majority because most of us work. And most of us have experienced serious shit in the workplace and it has seriously impacted, adversely impacted our lives. I know when I was in a bad place at work, it absolutely fucked me up. Yeah, it does. It's completely, you're there five days a week. Like it's a joke. So we're all about female empowerment today, whether that means you have started your own business, you are thinking about starting your own business, you work for an employer, but you really want to make the best out of your professional relationship or whether you are owning life as a stay-at-home mom or wife. 
before we go into this, I just, you know, talking about female empowerment, I just want to throw a curveball. This is actually, I haven't discussed this with Laura. I just wanted to get her thoughts on this. And it's completely off topic, but I'm just going to ask you anyway. Have you ever licked a guy's butthole? Yes. What's it like? Several times. That I used to be like weirdly into that. Really? Uh, okay. Tell yeah, me more. I, so... I have def. I'm like a, a pendulum effect type girl. I'm either not feeling it and I'm like weirdly um, pious or I am just going around <laughs> licking guys' buttholes. Not like random guys in the street, not like <laughs> stopping a guy, the postman and inviting him in for a, a freaking jammy dodger and a rim job. But <laughs> I have. So when I was at university, I'd say that was probably my, my university years up until like 21, 22. I think that's when I was like sexually at my freakiest. And I. That's quite young I, to be sexually freaky. I feel like oh, my. I just like. only started like of late. Okay. I, I think. I don't want to say I peaked too soon because then that would obviously. Um, that would be quite jarring for me as a 37 year old. But I would say I was just a wee saucy little madam at that age and I had a thing for like putting my fingers up guys honestly like consensually I wouldn't just like ram it up there it had to be like consensual some guys liked it some guys were like please don't ever do that to me again and that's fine in terms of licking the butthole I've only done that with one person but I was in a really long committed relationship because I feel like that's a very personal intimate thing to do and he really 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 thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it but he was quite like a hairless man yes and what hair he did have on his head or on his body rather he was very very fair and almost that really blonde hair that you can't even identify I dare say if he had a massive hairy arsehole it wouldn't be quite so enjoyable it would be like munching on a coconut shell so <laughs> I have done it and I found it to be really really pleasurable uh thanks for putting me on the spot there as usual it's I'm just like with, it's on a part with Kip and Minch <laughs> <laughs> so yes Fiona I have had a little munch are you considering it did you put me on the spot? Sorry, you know? That just really tickled me munching on the coconut. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we've all met guys with hurry butts and Why stuff. Like, you can imagine it? if you like part the uh, part the cheeks, like the hair intensifies as it like encroaches oh, the anus. Yeah, I imagine. Like, so I just don't want it to be like you know, like bum, like men's bum holes, like that area. It's like well, you don't want to be licking like what would resemble like a sheep butthole with the poo balls stuck on it. I mean, listen, I can't talk. I have an anal skin tag. I mean, like, I get my butthole wet. We've already talked in like detail about my like bum. Remember we went through that um, phase where we were like four episodes and it just started about buttholes the whole time and we thought we we said we wouldn't do it again. We haven't talked about buttholes in a long time. We deserve, we we deserve this moment. We deserve like 15 minutes of talking about bum holes. Like, yeah, it's something I'm considering, but I just want to like. Did you ever get the bleaching? 
No, I didn't. It was just too expensive. And also now I'm with... Was it like 3,000 dirhams, 500 pounds? Dirhams. It was, yeah, 500 pounds. Just so my, and also like, you know, I'm with someone now that loves my bum hole, no matter what shape or size or color. So mm-hmm. I feel, I do sometimes worry about my bum hole because I know I've talked about this like extensively about the fact that I can sometimes get piles and I do worry sometimes like when he goes there that like I've had a bit of a prolapse situation and he mm-hmm. can feel like a bit of a cauliflower butthole mm-hmm. he's in the other room maybe I'll ask him after this. <laughs> do you know what I don't think anybody I don't think anybody listening to this like loves their butthole I think everybody who's listening is thinking do you know what I don't really love my butthole it's fine um, you just have to kind of get over it. Yeah, like, it's not the most attractive thing, but I think it's the complexity of the butthole area, i.e., smell, odor, yeah. malodorous stench. Um, you know, maybe a wee sweet corn hanging out of there. Everybody's quite self-conscious about it. That's why the gays have it like to a T, yeah. and they are so good at their anal um you know maintenance and they don't just go out and have sex you know sex like they prepare for like a day at a time beforehand with like douching and making sure that they're not eating certain foods and things whereas us like straight people just don't really give a fuck about that and then we end up shitting ourselves well the well we were talking about this last night like the both times that I've done anal in my life I wasn't prepared because I just did it off the cuff so Mm -hmm. I want the next time to be like fully prepared for the activity like my the thing is though like how would you how would you lick a guy's bum hole like are they on all fours like kind of we are or is it like they're lying on their back Back, yeah a blowjob and you just like go to the area is that the best yeah on the back what I'm picturing the scene right now which is actually I'm closing my eyes and I can picture it. And it's, you know, that dead cockroach <laughs> position. Ah, uh, yes. With your legs. Well, I mean, my boyfriend's six foot seven. Can you imagine him doing the dead cockroach? I mean, it's not the most attractive of positions, <laughs> but it's something you need to do when you're feeling filthy. Like it's not something you do yeah, like hungover on a Sunday and you're just lying there having a bit of missionary. It's not like cracking out the arsehole. Like, I feel like it's when you are so horned up to the nines. Otherwise, it is fucking gross. I think I was enthralled, but even thinking about it now, it's actually making me feel ill. I think, Uh, yeah, I will have to have, like, I would have to have a few glasses of wine. Absolutely. The first time, at least. So from female empowerment to buttholes i mean this is the joy this is the dexterity of the love bites podcast fiona mix the reason why i also brought it up i guess is because um i guess we are talking about female empowerment and like what is what is more empowering than licking a guy's butthole it depends who you're asking some women aren't up for it and we're also (laughs) not judging whether you want to lick an arsehole or not we stand by you shoulder to shoulder sister listener like yeah i mean (laughs) I have discussed with Sunny before, I mean, about licking the butthole. And uh, I don't mind it being done to me, but also I definitely need to be prepared for it to happen. My Yeah, of course, because he was the one that told me, like, Laura, this is crazy. Like, you straight girls just, like, consider doing it willy-nilly. Like, this takes preparation. There is a fine art to, like, perfecting the anal experience. So... 
But I love, do you know what? I almost love that in a way because I think that what, um, you know, us straight people don't do and what um, the gay community does do, LGBTQ, I guess. Well, I guess, I don't know. It's, I don't know if it's different for girls. Like maybe I need to ask my friend. Like, I think, I actually don't think that, I don't think that they do have as much preparation. It's like, I think that they really like, it's almost like savoring food. Like, I think they genuinely like, say, we must actually get a question. For any of our um, male gay listeners, please, or, you know, whatever trans whoever you are please do write in because I'm actually really interested like I think that's such a like nice it's almost nice in a way because obviously they're like preparing for it it's like almost like an event it I guess it becomes more special in a way because like a a a really lovely slightly nutty degustation yeah because like look don't get me wrong I'm sure there I'm sure there are one night stands and things like that but if like and I know that there are but like if you want to like really enjoy it with a partner they're preparing and everything and I guess we do Mm -hmm. that to some extent like we share our bodies so we're like a sphinx cat but you know I think that yes we would love it you know what let's hear from male and female if you are into it do you prepare what do you do to prepare yes like help us best manage the situation to negate and minimize the chance of a malodorous you know pong or shitting yourself or also like the 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 pain like let's be honest the pain is the one thing I think the probably the number one thing that puts people off doing it I think lube and relaxation is the one to help because I think also like anal is not supposed to be uncomfortable and yeah but I wonder is there different positions that maybe minimize the pain or um well I watched porn recently where the girl was getting anal done to her and she was lying in the dead cockroach position whereas I've I mean I'm not an expert I've only done it twice and I've always I've both times I've been on all fours Mm-hmm. actually the one the first time we did it a few times and I was like had my back to him but I was sitting up but he's a lot taller than me so I feel like that was I don't think everyone can do that um so yeah that's my anal history <laughs> yeah. Luna, this is the one time we were going to try to keep it as clean as possible and yet, here we go I was just talking about munching on bumholes should we just go straight into the letter well I was just on the sofa um we were just watching the crown and I was like okay I'm gonna go talk about being a female business owner and he was like "Ooh, saucy and I'm like well actually the first 15 minutes <laughs> has been quite saucy. <laughs> unintentionally but it just came to me I was like I'm gonna ask because I, it has been on my mind Do you know what I feel like we did need a bit of light relief because obviously the last yeah you have a podcast when I online. went through my um yes my episode and I had so many messages about that I don't know if you saw the messages are coming through to our inbox Fiona um, a lot of really, really lovely messages of support from people that I know, who I don't know. And I really appreciate every single one of you who took the time to message and check in on me. I am absolutely fine working through some stuff and just trying to like sit with it because I feel that I put myself yeah. under so much pressure with trying to make a plan and trying to predict where I'm going what I'm doing that it actually caused me to just have the most horrible horribly emotional and incontrollable kind of like mental episode and I also think Fiona as well and we've said this before I don't ever think that anybody listens to this podcast so I talk to you and then conversely to you darling listener about things that I would not talk about 
with my mother or my best friend or my like in my normal life so to speak and it's not that I don't trust those people but it's so emotionally exhausting anyway let's go on to our letter because I'm not sure if that was picked up or not we'll see all right we have a letter hi girls I know you don't usually speak about work issues but for the last few months my work has bled into my personal life massively I have a horrible boss at work and my life has been miserable. I wake up stressed out every day and I go to sleep with a knot in my stomach. It's awful. I'm so distant with my boyfriend as I'm stressed out. All I do is think about work and little else. Annoyingly, I'm not even in my dream job, so I don't know why I'm sticking with this. My boyfriend keeps telling me to leave and start up on my own. I'm a financial advisor, by the way, and for some reason that triggers the fuck out of me and I blow up at him. He's great, but needless to say, we aren't in a good place. He said I'm a shell of myself and I agree. Sex drive is non-existent and I know myself I've lost my spark. Is this something you've experienced? I don't know what to do. I'm also shit scared. I know that feeling very well. (laughs) I know that feeling all too well. And the thing is, you and I have never really, we, we do discuss work a little bit and we do reference our, you know, the place that we worked together, but we've never really explored work that much. And it's weird because it has such a massive impact. But when that letter came through, I resonated with her so much because I have definitely been in a position where work has kicked the shit out of my personal life. Mm. Have you felt like that? Oh, yeah, massively. And I think that also it's it's one of those things with work, like we are there five days a week and like you're not going to have every single day or every week or every month that's going to be perfect. But I think that you have to kind of weigh up like an 80-20 situation, almost like you're like the way you do with, you know, we should all really live like an 80-20 life, like healthy, but also some enjoyment. And I think that it's one of those things where like 80% of the time you should be feeling positive about your work environment and 20% it's okay to have a bit of a leeway where you're like feeling a little anxious feeling a little stressed but I think that if it's feeding into your personal life to a degree where your personal relationships suffering. are um suffering then it is something to re- to evaluate and it's actually very funny there's a quote from Devil Wears Prada obviously it's a film about the fashion industry where Stanley Tucci's um <laughs> Stanley Tucci's character goes to Anne Hathaway's character oh um what's going on like life problems and she was like oh yeah just a few boyfriend problems and he goes oh well that's when you know you're doing well at work mm-hmm. when you get it's, I think he says something like when you get a divorce it's time for a promotion mm-hmm. and it's like that's obviously like a caricature of the fashion industry but like I've worked in fashion and it is like probably one of the most brutal. the hardest industry is brutal and that's when I knew I was like <clears throat> this is not for me because I just can't um I have anxieties anyway, like outside of work. And if work is giving me anxiety, that's almost like nowhere to, to mm-hmm. hide or run. Um, so, I mean, my advice is also just to reevaluate and like that it's, it is scary going out on your own, but also going out on your own is also not a solution. I think that it is also like an environmental mm-hmm. thing. Like it might be that going to a different company that with different benefits and ethics is actually could be more, um, 
it could help more than starting on your own. Cause I feel like starting on your own, you have to be, I think you have to be a certain type of person and like some people have it and some people don't, and it's okay to not have that in you also. I think a lot of the time, especially now people assume that starting out on your own is the easy way out. And it's, it's just not, not at all, but ultimately it can be the most rewarding. So oh, I feel oh, with sir. this listener letter, there's kind of a duality here that I want to address. So first and foremost, I completely empathize with her about feeling miserable at work and having a horrible boss. And we did work together in, um, we did work together in PR. And I feel like we are putting PR on this stressful pedestal. Every, there, like every job comes with its own stresses. And we're not for one second saying like PR is like the hardest job in the world. But in an agency, when you have 10 clients that you're trying to service and every client thinks that they're the most important, then you're trying to manage your team and then you're trying to keep your bosses happy. It can be hectic and stressful. Now, I have advice for this girl and I would love for her to learn from my mistakes if she hasn't already. And I wish I had have known this before I went into this job. But again, it's all growth and we learn as we go. I'll be learning until I'm like literally under the ground. So three Bs at work. Boundaries. Let's start with boundaries. If you feel like somebody is expecting too much off you and it falls outside of your remit at work. If you feel that you are doing the job of two people or three people or people want things from you too quickly, say from the get-go that this is not manageable, this is not acceptable, push back. You can do it in a really polite and respectful and professional way. And I don't know about you, Fiona, but as a chronic people pleaser, I fell into a trap of jumping to say yes to things and saying, yes, yes, we'll get that over to you. And obviously we miss deadlines because that's what, that's what happens. Whereas if you just say to somebody, whether it's your boss or a client from the get-go, we're going to need X amount of days to action this properly. Very rarely do they come back and say, no, we need it before then. People are respectful for the majority of your time. And if you can get it done sooner, then all the better. But when you promise things and you know that realistically you can't perform, then it just creates a shit show for everybody. So put boundaries in place and push back. And for the most part, it will stand you in extremely good stead. I agree. And I think that <clears throat> I think a lot of worry in jobs um, where a lot of anxiety is from is you're worried about being fired. <laughs> and I can tell you, owning my own business, it takes a lot for someone to be fired like I think that I used to constantly get worried I was so worried all the time that I was going to be fired but actually if you break it down like you have to do something like obviously a financial advisory I'm not sure if it's KPI driven or whatever it is like for our jobs we're not KPI driven we're not sales like unless you're in a sales job which is a completely separate issue and thing 
I think that it takes a lot for someone to get fired. So I think you need to remove that from your like thoughts because once that's gone and once I removed that, it was almost like a weight off my shoulders that I realized that I wasn't going to get fired. And I think that you're right, like putting a boundary in place. I'm terrible for it. I'm really bad at it. But there are some I get pushed. It's different now because I'm able to put more boundaries in place because I don't have someone telling me, no, you Mm -hmm. have to do this. Um, which obviously like is a luxury, but like beforehand I was the absolute worst at doing things and I would burn mm-hmm. myself out by trying. And that is like, obviously people pleasing, like no so universally. For it, and then it just becomes yeah. the norm. And then people think that they can email you at 10 o'clock at night and want a response. And I have done that. I have created that rod from my own back and I wish that I did things differently. So when I started working in PR <coughs> there, um, there was an account director at the agency and I would sit sending emails until seven, eight o'clock at night. And she said to me the next day, cause I thought naturally I was proving myself to be a really dedicated employee and she actually chastised me the next day and said don't do that because you're creating a role for your own back and then they have an expectation for the rest of the team to do it and quite frankly I do not want to send emails at seven o'clock at night when I'm trying to raise a family and put kids to bed she said that she keeps all her emails in drafts and schedules them to go out at nine o'clock in the morning just to keep that precedent in place and I fully fully agree with that If anybody uses TikTok, I seriously advise you to follow a girl on TikTok. She's kind of like real corporate millennial, millennial vibes, because it transpires that we are the most millennials are the most people pleasing. So on Instagram, we'll link her show notes. Her name's Laura and her Instagram name is Loe, L-O-E, Whaley, W-H-A-L-E-Y. And she talks about um like say you basically want to say to somebody like that's not my job to do that she kind of gives you very um polite professional but impactful ways to say that in an email without being like coming across like a wee dick or whatever she is absolutely brilliant I highly recommend that you follow her and it just kind of goes to show that we're all in the same position to a certain extent. So boundaries in place and pushing back what needs be. And I have found that I've very rarely been challenged on pushing back and it just makes life so much better. I also, and like, you know, to the point of this girl's letter about the, you know, feeding into her personal life, like at the end of the day, you have to just think it's just a job. That's what I was saying when you were saying about even getting fired, like, what's the fucking worst that can happen? You get fired and you get another job. Like there's so many opportunities there out there at the minute. Um, My B number two, probably the, the thing that I learned most from, and it's the thing that I look back and I feel so sad for myself and I want to slap myself in the face uh, at the same time. Balls, right? Have balls at work. And I'm not saying you have to go around shouting and screaming at people, but if somebody treats you in a way that makes you feel shit about yourself or speaks to you in a disrespectful manner, because we all know there's a fine line between professionalism and being a fucking knob. If somebody makes you feel less than, I don't care if it's the CEO of the company, your direct line manager, your assistant, whoever that may be, have the balls to pull somebody aside in a respectful manner and say, I did not appreciate how you spoke to me. I find that disrespectful. And I would appreciate moving forward if you never spoke to me like that again, because 
in our, and I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. I'm obviously not going to mention any names, but there was two situations that stuck in my mind that caused me to retreat so far inwards at work that I became a shell of myself. And one of them was um, like somebody that we worked with and had a bit of a problem with me, but actually had a problem with everybody unless you were in the little clique. And a comment was made about me that then got passed to me in a review, basically about me just being like too like loud, basically too out there or whatever, um, acting in a way that maybe wasn't re- like professionally reflective. So then what I did was I spent three months basically like a mute in the corner of the office, would barely speak, just felt so sad, felt like it had just taken away everything that I was actually good at. And in hindsight, I should have went to that person and actually challenged them on it and had an open, honest conversation. Instead, I ruminated on it. I let resentment build up in me and I became really deflated and actually quite depressed at work. Then I just thought to myself one day, you know what? This is a you problem, not a me problem. And I bought the old Laura back to work and I fucking thrived and I excelled and I brought my lovely personality to the clients and I interacted as me, not like Laura the mute that I was expected to be. And that's when I like, that's when I really catapulted at work in a really, really good way. And if I had have said shackled by that person's opinion, I would have still been sitting in that corner of the office crying my eyes out. And it was because, and I regret not having balls to say something because nobody is at that higher level that you can't request a meeting and have a conversation about how they are making you feel. I completely agree. <clears throat> You have to stand up for yourself. I'm terrible at it. I don't always, but I've I've definitely like I've seen my um the founder of my company like I was really stressing about like an event we were doing and like and we had a bit of a tricky client and she just like I saw like, she was in Dubai and she just got back to this um client um and was like Fiona recommends this and then the client just like was shitty back. And said, oh, you didn't do this. You didn't do this. And she just replied going, I've apologized. There's nothing else I can do. And just left it at that. And and then the client didn't reply. And I was like, good for her. Like, it was such a like, wow moment of like having balls and like standing up for yourself and standing up for us as well. And it was such a like amazing moment where I was like, wow. Like, I know she's like the founder of the company, so she can't do anything wrong. But I know that if I'd written that, she wouldn't have, she would have been like, yeah, good for you. Have the balls. And and it's it's like empowering your staff to stand up for themselves. And you know what? I am happy to tell our listeners, you weren't there in the office that day, that I did learn from my three months of rumination. And we had a CEO, not a CEO sorry we had like a really high level MD that like worked for us for like a month or so and she came in and she was just like basically horrible and I called her she had a really really I'm not going to say her name because it's so weird but I basically used the wrong letter and called her something else and she was like if you call me that again I'm going to have you fired and actually our friend said to me after by the way she can't fucking have you fired so just ignore that but this was the vibe of our just made it, it just a really weird vibe so there was this one day at work 
And she was kind of um, having a go at one of my account assistants or executives. And you know the girl, she's like a real soft little soul. And I was very, very, very protective of her. So I kind of stepped in in a very diplomatic way and stuck up for her because actually the girl that I was defending wasn't wrong. This MD was just a fucking asshole. And then she turned on me in a way that literally, you know, when your stomach just like falls out, you're like, your heart drops. She turned on me in front of my full team, by the way. And I just sat there in shock. Then this lady left the room and everybody was looking at me, but I couldn't even, I couldn't even meet anybody's eye contact because I knew I would have started crying. So I just kept my head down and I kept messaging. And then all the messages were coming through. Are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? And I was like, don't speak to me. Don't look at me. I just need to like, not you know, I just need to get in the zone here. So I sat there and I had a word with myself and I was like, you can either do what you did before and sit and ruminate and get yourself so frustrated and into a tailspin or you can go and you can pull her up on this fucking shitty behavior. And that's what I did. Now, Fiona, was I fucking trembling? Yes. Were yes, my knees like literally quaking? Absolutely. But I went into the room and I just said, I want to speak to you. She was like, take a seat. And I went, how you spoke to me was so inappropriate. It was out of order. And I would request that you never, ever do that to me ever again. You do that. If you need to speak to me about X, Y, and Z, we do it privately, not in front of my team. And she was like, yeah, yeah. Like I did feel that, you know, uh, the reason that I actually did that was because I know that you could handle it and I wanted to make a point to the rest of the team and I felt that you were a good person to go off and one at because you could handle it and I was like does it look like I can oh handle God. it what management like, is that's that? not how you work and you know we've managed people Fiona in our team and we have had you know challenging team members and situations and yet you and I never ever raised our voices or spoke to anybody in a disrespectful way. In fact, we were basically, you know, my exec Muhammad, who we talk about on the podcast, he was my exec. And like, by the time I left, he was like managing me and like bossing me around, you know, like it's, <laughs> it's a, it's a real two-way, two-way relationship. And I would never speak to anybody in a way that I wouldn't want to be spoken to myself so I did learn from that mistake and I'm so glad that I did so Fiona have you ever been in a position where you have had to have a really uncomfortable conversation or stand up to somebody and you were petrified I mean I have had to fire someone before and it was honestly one of the most terrifying things I've ever done because I've never had to do that before Mm -hmm. um like after we finished my um director Ashley um she was with me um for like moral support and after she was like four months no shit how many months but she was like six months pregnant at the time so she was like a form and she like started crying when the girl left because like we felt mm-hmm. so bad because like I've never had to like do something like that or had I've never had to have really uncomfortable conversations with anyone like I don't think I've ever been like really reprimanded at work god fingers crossed touch wood but like I've I've never had that but I have had to fire someone and honestly it was really awful and like you know obviously when you were like letting someone go you really like think about the you think about it a lot like it wasn't an easy decision um 
but it was so funny because my housemate is a HR director so she basically like prepped me <laughs> but like you can't mm-hmm. prep for someone's like questioning um you prep for all the things but like at the end of the day they're people so it was just I mean I couldn't have done it in a nicer way but like it was just it was honestly it was horrible mm-hmm. um but yeah I mean like what I will say to this girl about starting your own thing and I guess it comes like at the same as like having having balls like I think that when you if anyone listening is thinking about starting their own thing whatever it might be I think that before you start I think you really have to think about things like financials because I think that people Mm -hmm. assume that that, like starting your own thing they know that how much hard work it's going to be and all this stuff but I didn't take a salary for a year I didn't take a proper salary until um, my company was taken over by a global company like only in from January did I was I paid a proper salary that I was it like mm-hmm. I used to like live off like my credit card I lived off like bits and bobs like I would have to pay staff before myself and like I was really lucky because I was in a situation where I, I wasn't paying rent because I was staying in my parents house but like you know I think that you really have to think about those facts and like practicalities before you start mm-hmm. and it's so boring and it's annoying because you just like want to be passionate and whatever but like I know when I started my own thing, I knew I had that. So it was almost like that burden was taken off. But also at the same time, like I had to have balls because like I thought, you know, you don't know if something's going to go right or wrong. Like I was lucky that it went went right. But like there were times and like I remember like not this time last year was kind of through it like this time whenever it was like during. Yeah. Two years ago. Um, I remember I was talking to my colleague Sean who's like was like my first employee and there was a, a point where like I was so worried that like we weren't going to make ends meet and like you have that like insane panic but mm-hmm. at the end of the day like I made sure that no matter what happened I wasn't having anxiety every day like a small bit of anxiety here and there was like manageable because I was in an environment that I like created for myself and I think that that is like it's like I guess the like um the good the good side of it but like there are like some days where like even the other day I was like stressing about business and like not making enough money and things like that but like I guess you have to have you have to have absolute balls of steel to do it and if you feel like you're a person that worries about like you know am I going to be able to pay for this or am I going to am I I'm, I'm, I'm going to be worried because I'm going to have to live really tight one month I would really suggest not doing it because do you know what I think what you're what you're um I love your honesty with it about the kind of the more balanced approach because I feel like 2020 was the great resignation people just were so disillusioned and they thought fuck this and I get that and I I mean we did that and here's the thing there like anything in life there's pros and cons to all of this and I feel like social media is full of these like champions of resigning and starting your own thing and that's great like fuck it leave it and leave the like fuck the patriarchy and start your own thing and that's great and if you have a passion for it and if that's something you feel compelled to do then fucking do it but please know before you do it that it is a constant roller coaster that you cannot get off so me personally Fiona 
the things that I worry about being self-employed are getting paid every month, how much I get paid, when I get paid. Because of course, when you're self-employed, you don't have a finance director chasing up payments. So you might get paid two, three months late, if at all. Um, You have, you know, different gripes, but ultimately what I love about being self-employed, and it's probably a thing that is going to keep me here as opposed to going back into employment, is the flexibility that if I need to take a couple of hours off to go and uh, get my nails done or have a massage, then I can do it. If I want to work half a day or I don't want to work at all, I can do it. If I want to go to Australia for a month, I can go. Um, But that's not to say that there hasn't been days that I'm just like, fuck this. I just want to go and get a job and I'm going to get paid every month. I'm going to get my pension. I'm going to get my paid holidays because there's no such thing as a paid holiday when you're self-employed, by the way. Um, You basically have to, if you don't work, you don't get paid. So I just think for this girl to be mindful of the fact that it's, it's, it's going to be a never-ending roller coaster. However, it can be the most rewarding, exhilarating ride of your life. And I feel like there's a lot of support out there, Fiona, in terms of online resources, mentors. There are there's like so many bodies and organizations that are there to help and support. So if somebody does have a burning desire to do it, then absolutely do it. What I think is the ideal scenario is to maybe stay in your employment and to try to to make the very best of it and start it as a side hustle to kind of get um, experience um, to put the hours in. And then once it takes off, then, you know, kind of move into it. But then some people might say it's never really going to take off until you give it your all. I think this is such a subjective matter. And it really depends on if you're a really anxious, stressed out person and you would just be sick to the stomach because you um, need that salary in your bank account on the first of every month, then it's something that you should definitely think about. Um, I also believe that Fiona, you can have the best life if you work in a job that you love. Like if you're working with great people, if you respect the leadership, if you enjoy your work, I think that can be one of the most rewarding ways to live, even more than necessarily working for yourself. Yeah, I mean, I never wanted to work. I never. I started my company originally as an accident. Like, I loved working for someone else. Like, I was super happy about it. And so many people said to me, "Why don't you start your own thing?" When you start, and I was like, "Nah, I like love. I love a massive team. Like, I I don't. I love having a boss. Like, I've always had awesome bosses. And I'm just like this. Honestly, it was a complete accident. And that is how people like people are like, oh, how did you? Why did you start for Comms, which was like my original company? And I was like, honestly, it was an accident. It was an accident because I just got a lot of freelance clients and I was like oh fuck it let's see it's COVID let's try and it paid off and it's funny because my friend Emma who um used to work with us said like you forget that actually and this is true and this also bodes for success and unfortunately I don't think it's said enough I think that people want to rely on like being a really hard worker which you obviously have to do but like especially in our field and a lot of similar fields unfortunately you have to have some level of talent and like I think that that's not said enough because like Emma said that Mm -hmm. to me I think we were having um we were having breakfast or something and it was when it was the day that I um I told her that so what happened was I had my own 
PR agency and then a global company came to me and wanted to merge and like and that was like within the first year of business and like I was so casual about it and Emma was like why are you being so casual like you know people work years and years to merge with a global company like that is like not something that is easily done and I managed to do it within a year but at the same time I do think a lot of it was luck and I kept saying that I'm like oh it's luck it's luck and she was like it is but she was like you can't discount the fact that you have Mm -hmm. to have some talent and I think Mm -hmm. that you have to, when you start your own business, you have to be super, super honest with yourself. Am I talented enough in my field to be able to pull this off? Because there is a level of hard work and there is a level of like personality and there's a level of like strategy and and like finance and all this stuff. But actually, are you really, really shit hot at your job? Because I think that people think they are, but really at the end of the day, I know this is going to sound awful, but I don't mind saying it because we're a love bites community. They are good at their jobs, but are they great? Probably mm-hmm. not. And mm-hmm. then that's what happens when you get a lot of people that become disenchanted or like, you know, find really struggling with starting your own business. And it like, you know, it can tank and it can go under because they maybe not as good a practitioner as they thought they were because when you're in an office you can be like I have it now when you're in an office especially in like a place like Dubai or like a smaller maybe a smaller office and I had this when I went to um, you know university I did drama at university because I was the best at school I was the best out of a class of three and I went to university and I was like the worst because everyone was the best and it's like you know, if you're in an agency or in a company, you can be the best and then you can go to another company and you can be the absolute worst. I'm finding that now, like I work with people from the New York office and the London office and I realize how fucking amazing people are and how actually I have so much to learn. Like it's actually Mm -hmm. a joke. Like I hear these people on calls and I'm like, whoa, hang on a second. And I think that you have to really, really be honest with yourself because otherwise you're going to find it 20 times harder than someone else who's doing the same thing as you that has that like talent. And unfortunately it sounds brutal, but like, it's something that I don't think it's said. You don't hear it in these lean-in books by Sheryl Sandberg. I mean, not that mm-hmm. I, I couldn't face reading that book in the end, but like, I think that it does need to be said, like you need to really be good at your job. Absolutely. And people just want to put CEO and founder in their email and they don't realize the shit that comes along with it. Like, um, the responsibility is so when you're responsible for other people's like livelihood, that's when I knew like when I got more than one staff member and I was had their livelihood in my hands, it was not stressful but it was honestly it was stressful but also it was like shit this is a big responsibility this This is is like real now this isn't like us play playing ceo um 100 fiona completely completely agree with you i last b before we move on it's really quickly i've kind of covered it and that's like just be your fucking self because i really tried to mask who i was to fit the mold of somebody that I didn't even like or respect actually and I truly believe that I thrived at work when I was myself and also this premise of like you can't be friends with people you work with like we had the best of friends uh, in our still from those days like from from work you absolutely can be brilliant friends with people that you work with I like I talk about Muhammad um he was my exec we had hired him so he worked underneath me and to this day we're still like the best of friends and basically everybody that that I've worked with in that company 
you can be friends with. So just like be open to forming friendships and relationships with people in work. Yes, there has to be a level of professionalism, but ultimately you spend so much freaking time in work. Why not make it an enjoyable place to be? Like, I just don't get why people want to go and put their heads down and not interact with people because you probably spend more time with your colleagues than you do your family members. So make the fucking most of it. So to quickly summarize with this uh, listener's letter, we went off on a tangent as usual, but try to make the most of your work. So your horrible boss, have a conversation, schedule a meeting, put boundaries in place. Do not let somebody speak to you like a piece of shit. Have the balls to stand up to that person and make sure that you're bringing your own lovely self to work because you might not be everybody's cup of tea in fact chances are you're not but you don't need to have everybody like you you just need your people to like you and that's all that matters and in regards to setting up your own thing if you have a burning desire to do it then do it but go in mindful of the roller coaster and the pros and the cons and utilize your resources utilize your mentors your all your fucking youtube videos for days about how to set up a business in your field just utilize as much as possible and like fiona said do it knowing that you're shit hot at it as opposed to mediocre however fiona wish heart a lot of business moguls will say that you can go into something mediocre or less than mediocre and with enough kind of determination you can bring it to a much higher level who are the fuck are we to who, who are we to know yeah well that was an excellent summary delightful summary and moving on to our segment Elkachore recommends well shout out to our sponsor Elkachore the female founded female run athleisure brand and that is for my boyfriend because I said athleisure last week and he said he got the ick so oh no <laughs> At leisure, I yeah, think at it's leisure. Like, isn't it both? Anyway, so at leisure brand, they have actually just launched a really cute collection called the SoCal Sorbet Collection. It is a loungewear collection for both you and the kiddies, and they are in. Mm-hmm such delicious colors there is a lilac one which is flying off the shelves I was in their store the other day and the uh, store assistant was like it's literally the best seller there's a mint green and there's a like a kind of I don't know what the color it's like a it's like a beautiful like bright pink and they are terry Mm -hmm. towel perfect for the Dubai weather and also for your ongoing British summer that I've heard that you're having another heat wave for so definitely use our code lovebites20 the code is set up so it can be used multiple times by any customer on um, non-sell items um, there's free global shipping taxes and duties covered by Elkachor a four-hour delivery in Dubai two boutiques our Wassel and the Beach JBR which is shut currently for renovation and will be open soon and please do head down to the Alwassel store and it is literally probably one of my most it's just such a zen place to go it's gorgeous I, was yeah, I love it the other day and I was just like can my meetings always be here <laughs> that's so <laughs> nice so Laura tell me mm-hmm. what have you been putting your nose into this week well more my ears you know I'm a big oh, this, fan oh, yeah. of audiobooks and Kira Daly was the one that put me on to these because you can just consume so much more but I've got a business mentor Angela she's amazing and 
She is the queen of audiobooks and a huge fan of this audiobook in particular. Now, I've only listened to two chapters this morning on my walk and already I feel like it's hitting all the right notes, especially if you're somebody that's considering leaving your job, going out on your own, and you just want to accrue more wealth. And that is called Bob Proctor, who's like synonymous with success. It's not about the money. And the premise of this book is the fact that it's quite often not really about the money. You don't sit and imagine yourself sitting with, like surrounded by banknotes. You imagine yourself having the freedom to not worry, the freedom to go and do the things that you want to do, the freedom to go and buy the things that you want to, to buy and to, to live a life where you're not constantly stressed out and anxious about money. Because of course, the premise that money can't buy you happiness is often said by somebody that doesn't have enough of it. And we all know that stress about money is one of the most all-consuming things that can happen to you and it can bleed into your fucking life on so many levels. So this book is essentially a mindset book because building up more wealth really and truly starts with your mindset. And Bob Proctor asserts that the only thing different from a billionaire and you and I, Fiona, is mindset. And I'm only a couple of chapters in, but this book explores that. He's a straight talker and he is a no he takes a no nonsense approach to building wealth. So I already am loving this. And I feel like even if you're not considering to go and like start up your own company or whatever, this is more just about building your wealth reserves and how to kind of readjust your um, approach to money. I feel like a lot of us were brought up with a, a weird relationship with money. You shouldn't talk about money. You shouldn't discuss money. You shouldn't discuss salaries. Why the fuck not? Why should we not discuss openly one of the things that dictates our lifestyle and our life and our happiness? I think it's absolutely something we should talk about. And actually in our previous job, there was always this thing about we shouldn't be discussing salaries. And I that's one thing I always took issue with. Why should we not discuss salaries? Why, you know, th that feel of secrecy about salaries is to keep keep people quiet and keep them in their little box. If I know, Fiona, you're doing the same job as me, but you're getting paid 20% more, damn fucking straight. They don't want us to talk about salaries because they don't want me, for example, to ask for more money. So I feel like there needs to be a lot more openness around money and growing wealth and achieving financial security and freedom and multiple, multiple streams of income. This needs to be something that we talk about the same way we talk about what are you watching on Netflix or what book are you reading? Bob Proctor, it's not about the money. Have a listen, download the book or buy the book. I shall be doing that. Um, well, I have a fiction book. We're very book heavy today. <coughs> um, it's a book I'm reading. I've read it before, but I'm reading it again because I read it so long ago. And it is one of the most beautiful books I've ever read. It's The Kite Runner by Khaled Husseini. Yeah. Have you read it? 
It is so compelling, so emotional. Like we've talked about a lot about roller coasters today. This book will take you on a roller coaster to the highest highs, to the lowest fucking lows. By the way, I've hijacked your book and I'm really sorry, but I feel very passionate about The Kite Runner. Such a good recommendation. Tell people a little bit about it. So it's um it's about Afghanistan in the 70s and it starts before the Taliban takeover and then it kind of goes into... um the Taliban takeover and the family that then emigrate to America. And it talks about the story of that. Um, also the same author wrote um, A Thousand Spurs and Sons, which is also yeah. um, a very powerful book about the same Taliban takeover, but a different family. And actually, if you read both, Kite Runner first, then A Thousand Splendid Sons, you'll see um, there's a crossover with a character, like a really small cameo of a character. I'll just tell mm -hmm. you who it is. So you, if you read it, it's the, um, it's the orphanage, it's the um, orphanage manager. And it's like, um, it's not a spoiler, but his glasses get broken in The Kite Runner. And then in A Thousand Splendid Sons, if you read it, they describe him with his glasses broken and it's so like it's it there's no crossover really there's like one crossover I, I never picked up on that yeah, Fiona I, so I'll have to reread I picked up on it only because someone mentioned it and I was like okay I'm gonna look out for it and I looked out for it and it was just it's so it's so beautifully seamlessly done honestly he's the most incredible writer amazing I, I, am I he also wrote a book called The Sea of Poppies, um, which is also a beautiful book. Let me just double check. Is that him? Is Sorry. it Ka uh, Khaled Husseini? Khaled um, sea, sea of Poppies. No, sorry. Um, completely different. Sea of Poppies is by Amit... Um, Mita Ghosh um, which is also a beautiful book sorry I thought it was the same author anyway do have a read you can literally devour it and within a second prepare yourself because it is very emotional prepare because um, it's something that I want to reread again but you need to I feel like you need to be like good in yourself and you need to be emotionally anchored because that that book is going to take you to places that you just don't want to go. So I decided to read it because I was talking to my sister and um, I said, we're talking about where the crawdads sing, which I have tried to get into a thousand times. And she was like, you know what I think your problem is with books? She was like, you read way too many thrillers, which I do. I'm always fucking recommending some crime novel, like, I don't know, like I Am Pilgrim or like Sharp Objects or whatever. Like, and she was like, try a like regular book. So that's why I was like, do you know what? I've read this before. Let me read it again. I read it when I was like 14. I'm going to reread it. Anyway, do read it. Um, and it's just a fantastic story. Um, now for Elkshaw's recommendation. Um, I've actually watched this recently. I watched this two days ago. And it honestly, it made me cry so much, but like out of joy. And it is the Shania Twain documentary on uh, Netflix. And it's called Not a Girl. Is it Not a Girl? Anyway, it's the Shania Twain documentary. What's it about? Well, it's obviously about her it's life, but yeah, yeah. what's Shania the vibe? Shania Twain, not just a girl. It's basically the documentary of Shania Twain. And it talks about Shania Twain as a, like the musician and the kind of like powerhouse that she was back in the day. And she still is. And like how, like she basically changed, like she melded two genres, which was country and pop and rock mm -hmm. together. And she gave us like songs that will go down in history for the rest of time. And like she talked, you know, man, I feel like a woman or like that don't impress me much was like her like saying like no to the patriarchy. And it just like, it's such a good documentary. And honestly, now all I've been listening to is Shania Twain. I feel like Shania Twain is one of those famous people that I feel like we could be friends with. Oh my God. She's so normal. And like, it just, I also didn't know like so much about her and like she, 
she was like a musician from like day one and there Mm -hmm. was it was it's such a good recommendation thank you Alcatraz because honestly like I think that especially for like Alcatraz being a female founded business like mm-hmm. it's such a like female and like the talk the topic of today apart from asshole licking is like female empowerment and I think that Shania Twain was like she was just also like she talks about in the documentary which is so true like her music reaches like so many different people like it reached like me as like a 10 year old and it could and like yeah at the same time my dad enjoyed it on the way to school do you know what I mean like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like my granddad probably enjoyed it and it can reach every person because it's so universally loved Mm -hmm, anyway mm -hmm. go and have a listen love that because I'm always looking for something to watch that's just like an hour long did you watch the psychedelics on no, Netflix? I'm so sorry. I promise you I will watch it. I'm gonna watch it this weekend. I'm gonna watch it this weekend. We're like so well into the crown. So I've this is like not a recommendation, I apologize, but like I don't know if anyone's watched The Crown. Like I've Love watched it. The Crown and the new season is coming out in November. And like I wonder where it's gonna come up to. Like how current is it gonna be? Like Megan and Harry vibe? I don't know. So so I was really surprised that my boyfriend wanted to watch it. So I started watching it like one day, like I think it was last weekend on the sofa. And he was like, oh, I really want to watch that. So we started it from the beginning and he's like well into it because he does. He said that he doesn't know a lot about like the history side of things. And like really I've learned mm-hmm. so much and it's not super thick. Like it's not super like historically correct, but a lot mm-hmm. of it, obviously it's interesting. Do you know what? Let's just say that whether you're a royalist or not, because I'm definitely not a royalist, I learned more about kind of the history of the British Isles, even the history of Ireland when they kind of, they went into the kind of the IRA bombing and stuff um, and that side of things. I learned more from the crown than I ever did at school. I know, isn't it nuts? Honestly, it's also just so good. Um, anyway, we're oh, going to end there man. because it's quarter to nine for me and I want to watch the episode that we paused on. <laughs> finish okay, it. darling. Well, listen, it was lovely to speak to you and no tears today, which is no amazing. Just bum holes and talking Female about... Female empowerment. Love it. Well, have a glorious week, Laura, and gear later. Gear later. <laughs> <laughs>